Home of the Pens and the best Pens coverage. WXDX FM Pittsburgh, an iHeart Radio station. What I'm about to say is reasonable. Many of you won't feel that way, but I've done a lot of thinking about this, and it's reasonable. Alejandro Villanueva is to be respected for his military accomplishments. I don't wallow in the perceived glory like so many. I don't live vicariously through Alejandro Villanueva. I also don't feel like this country has afforded me a special opportunity. I succeed based on talent and hard work, like so many NFL players. A man makes his own way. Too many people confuse patriotism with nationalism. Social workers and teachers are patriots too. You don't have to carry a gun to be a patriot. Let's honor social workers and teachers before the next football game or during the next seventh inning stretch. The peaceful protest indulged by NFL players doesn't reflect on the military. It's about social injustice. The protest is what they, the players, wanted to mean. You don't get to assign disrespect for the military or cops or first responders or whoever. Many of the protesting players are black and they are concerned with how they are perceived in their community, not how they're perceived in Donald Trump's America. Trump was way out of line when he declared war on football. And that's what Trump did. He declared war on football. The anthem policy is none of his business. Who should be fired is none of his business. Using terminology like son of a bitch to describe football players is wholly inappropriate and unpresidential. He said it to get a cheap pop. A classic case of don't look over here, look over there. We have never had an absolute maniac as a president before. That's why this is hard to figure and to deal with. I was not a fan of Obama's presidency. I never voted for Obama. But at least Obama didn't make a jackass of himself every chance he got. Trump didn't condemn the Nazis in Charlottesville. But he condemned NFL players. It's the cheapest sort of pandering to the lowest common denominator. Hey, whatever. But now Trump's screwing up sports, ruining football. Trump is taking our escape and spoiling it. And you can say the players did that too, but at least they're invested. At least they have some skin in the game. And that brings us to the Steelers. The Steelers players voted to stay off the field for the anthem. No Steeler had protested during the anthem to this point. But Trump dared NFL players to protest, and they responded big time, as they should. The NFL doesn't belong to Trump. It's not his business. He should have far bigger to deal with. But, like I said, don't look over here. Look over there. By staying in the tunnel, the Steelers were trying to stay neutral. Had they all come out, several players were going to protest. For sure. And like Mike Tomlin said, it's not fair to make the fans choose who they like and don't. 
I think Tomlin handled the situation well. I think the team came up with a way to handle it well, at least as good as they could given the extreme circumstances. But Alejandro Villanueva messed that all up. He let his teammates down by putting on his display for the anthem. However heartfelt I'm sure it was, he robbed his teammates of their neutrality and turned them into the bad guys. Some of his teammates said he was granted an exemption. He was not. They said that, but he was not. James Harrison alluded to the truth when he said, I thought we were all on the same page, but I guess I was wrong. Unquote. Villanueva is a hero to a lot of Steeler fans today, but he became a hero at the expense of his teammates. Villanueva did wrong by his teammates. Villanueva went into business for himself. He played the combat bravery card and made all his teammates look like a bunch of schmucks. Villanueva should have stayed in that tunnel. Period. If I wanted to be really cynical, I could say that Villanueva's subpar play this year might have inspired him to resurrect the war hero narrative. I'm not saying that, but I know. I know a couple of his teammates do feel that way. Okay, so everything I said was perfectly reasonable. And I'm sure most of you have already wet your pants over it. If you care to discuss, dial 412-333-WXDX. Or you can contact me on Twitter, like you have been, nonstop, since yesterday, at Mark Madden X. I liked what I saw around the NFL yesterday. Only Trump could bring the owners and players together. Trump should mediate the next CBA negotiations. Believe me, this crap makes me angry. Livid, because you got to talk about it. You can't get away from it. Then again, the Steelers losing as a road favorite to a crap team isn't exactly news because it happens all the time. It's anything but a fluke. So the Trump versus the NFL narrative has to be the topic du jour. How Trump's actually doing as president in his job, that's hard to judge yet, and I'm not going to debate it. But the man is an absolute buffoon and makes an idiot of himself every chance he gets. That speech about football, where he called the players sons of bitches, that was lunacy. Disinviting the Golden State Warriors from their White House visit because Steph Curry hesitated, that's junior high nonsense. Just maintain your dignity and get another prom date, you big lug. My God, we've never before had a president that tries to divide the country every time he opens his mouth. But that's his gambit, divide and conquer. And then there's the game yesterday at Chicago, which was amazing. There's a lot of blame to go around, and we'll get to that. By the way, I think what Villanueva did rattled the Steelers. I'm not blaming that for the loss. But I think the Steelers saw Villanueva with his hand over his heart, posed for the camera, and knew an excrement storm was on its way. Hey, if you're angry about this and think the Steelers should have come out and stood at attention with their hands over their hearts for the anthem and will never watch the Steelers again, they're not my team anymore, okay, then don't watch them. But you know you will. 
if you don't want to listen to this show, don't. I will never appease. But if you say you hate the Steelers, then hate them. If you say you'll never listen to this show again, then don't. But don't threaten and then renege because there's nothing more boring than empty threats. I wish we could just talk about the game, but we can't. We're in too deep now. We can't. Uh, Derek Wolf of the Denver Broncos said that if any NFL player doesn't like this country, he should leave. Well, you would say that, white boy. I wonder how that's going to play in the Broncos locker room. Again, 412-333-9939. I'm sure this is going to be quite the torrid day of quasi-sports talk here on 105.9 The X. A, a, a couple other things about Villanueva. He didn't talk to the media after. He should have. You did it. You made your teammates look bad. Own it. His teammates talked and protected Villanueva, at least in public. Villanueva's jersey sales have skyrocketed literally overnight. He is now among the top-selling jerseys in the NFL. And boy, ain't that the American way. Uh, When Villanueva makes his point, everybody salutes. When Kaepernick makes his point, there's a different reaction altogether. But the bottom line is, each is indulging exactly the same rights. My complaint about Villanueva is, he reneged on an agreement, a vote his teammates had conducted. And I know some of his teammates said after he had an exemption, they're lying. They're protecting him. I don't know why, but they are. Every Steeler is supposed to do the same thing, and Villanueva went into business for himself. Now, there's a report that Tomlin called out Villanueva. That's not true. But Villanueva was part of the vote. It was thought, as James Harrison said, everybody agreed to do the same thing, and Villanueva went rogue, for sure. I hear the word respect thrown on a lot in situations like this. The key is to have respect for yourself. I'm sure Villanueva does, but I'm sure Colin Kaepernick does too. People use the word respect in a context where it really means popularity contest. Rah, 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 flag, flag, flag. We'll get into the nuts and bolts of the game itself as the show progressive. Uh, we have Matt Williamson, our football guru, at 3.30. We have uh, Tim Benz in the 5 o'clock hour. I went to see UFO in Baltimore last night. Left Baltimore at 6.30 this morning to come back here and do this show. But the adrenaline was pumping because I knew what this show would be. So UFO, real good. Uh, Saxon, real good. This young guitar player who opened, Jared James Nichols. You get a chance check out some of his stuff. He could shred. He's like a young Ted Nugent. Looks like him, plays like him, even covered stranglehold, but none of the politics. Uh, In that vein, it was 37 years ago today, uh, the greatest rock and roll drummer ever died, John Bonham of Led Zeppelin. And no one has ever risen to that level, to my mind. The closest guy today is a guy that sadly few of you have heard of, Brian Tishy of the Dead Daisies, ex of Whitesnake. Uh, Jason Bonham, John's kid, is real good. The late Cozy Powell, of course, was amazing. 412 333 
Uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins announced they're going to the White House. They're accepting the Trump invitation. Before you wet your pants about that, listen to what I have to say. That's just around the corner on 105.9. The Mar- and now the super genius, Mark Madden. No one wants to hear your life story. What do you want to say on my radio show? Hey, yo, Mike. Mark, how you doing? Call me Mike. VX at 105.9. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Big Ben has put out a statement regarding yesterday's decision by the Steelers to stay in the locker room. Uh, let me read it to you now. I wasn't able to sleep last night and want to share my thoughts and feelings on our team's decision to remain in the tunnel for the National Anthem yesterday. The idea was to be unified as a team when so much attention is paid to things dividing our country, but I wish we approached it differently. We did not want to appear divided on the sideline with some standing and some kneeling or sitting. As a team, it was not a protest of the flag or the anthem. I personally don't believe the anthem is ever the time to make any type of protest. For me and many others on my team and around the league, it is a tribute to those who commit to serve and protect our country, current and past, especially the ones that made the ultimate sacrifice. I appreciate the unique diversity of my team and throughout the league and completely support the call for social change and the pursuit of true equality. Moving forward, I hope standing for the anthem shows solidarity as a nation, that we stand united in respect for the people on the front line protecting our freedom and keeping us safe. God bless those men and women. I love Ben. Everybody knows that? That's a statement made by a white boy. That's a statement made by a guy who ties the flag to the military, which isn't necessarily the case. He does mention his support to cure social injustice, and that's what a black player ties the flag to as a symbol of that social injustice. And what Ben said is okay, what a black player feels is okay. What's not okay is for anybody to tell somebody else what the flag represents. That's what's not okay. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Double M on the X. It does stink that we have to talk about this, but we do. Like I said, the Steelers losing to a losing a team with a losing record on the road is nothing new. It's happened 13 of the last 18 times that circumstance has arisen. Uh, Matt Williams will talk a lot with me about the game itself at 3.30. Uh, one thing I want to get to, the Penguins said they will visit the White House. I'd have had no problem either way, go or not go. It's getting to the point where you don't want to win a championship so you don't have to make that decision. Uh, the usual suspects are going crazy over the Penguins accepting the invitation. King Blogger, a couple of the guys who write for him for nothing, amateur hour stuff. Predictably, Keith Olbermann. Keith saying with great passion on his Twitter, you got to choose up sides after the events of this past weekend. No, Keith, you don't. Stay at home, play with your baseball cards. Okay, don't tell the Pittsburgh Penguins what to do. Visiting the White House does not endorse its occupant. It's just a visit. Ron Burkle 
is a big-time Democratic Party deep pockets guy. David Morehouse, the Penguins CEO, has worked with you know John Kerry. Uh, all kinds of uh, there's a name that slips my mind. Oh, Al Gore as well. So it's not like these guys are endorsing the Trump presidency. The players certainly aren't. It's just what you do when you win a championship. It's a visit to the White House. I got to say this. Obviously, I've done nothing for the first 25 minutes of this show but denounce Donald Trump's recent actions as regards the sporting world. But the people who lost that election still don't have the vaguest clue why they lost, which is why they're very likely to lose it again when the time comes. 412-333-9939. Let's get to a couple quick calls here before we get to Matt Williamson. Steve in Monroeville. Steve, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Big Sexy, what up? What up, man? I think Tomlin made the best call he possibly could have made in that position yesterday. Well, Tomlin didn't make the call. He let the players vote for it. I thought what Mike Tomlin said on their behalf, though, was very well worded. Right. If you listen to what he said after the game, I thought he hit it spot on. Well, Mike was very frustrated. When he talked about being sucked into the BS, I, I felt for him because no football coach wants to do anything beyond coaching football. And I really do feel like this was a distraction for the Steelers, especially, like I said, when Villanueva, Villanueva went rogue. The players didn't you. know he was going to do that. They, they didn't know that, okay? No matter what they say, they didn't know. And I think it kind of threw them for a loop. Don't you kind of feel that the whole original intent of the protest to begin with has kind of been lost in all this? That now, you're instead of having a conversation about it, you're forced to choose a side? Well, that's what the president wants. He doesn't want the issue discussed. He just wants to rally his troops. Seriously, this guy's a maniac. We've never had a maniac for president before. And and I hate talking about it, but now that he, he, has uh, insinuated himself into this situation with the NFL, how can I not? But he's a complete and utter maniac. And I hear people out there, I can almost hear them, well, I'm never going to listen to you again, fat ass. Then don't. Don't on the way out, go F yourself. Got it? Let's go to Zach in Greensburg. Zach, you're on with Double M. Hey, Double M, big fan. What up? Hey, I totally agree that it's a shame that uh, we have to talk about this instead of the game, but coming from a military background, Alejandro Villanueva should know better than anybody that you need to set aside your convictions sometimes to do what's best for the team. Yeah, funny you mentioned that, Zach. I just finished a column for the Beaver County Times. I said it was quite ironic that the one guy in the Steeler locker room that couldn't follow orders used to be an Army Ranger. Right. And that's, I mean, it's a shame, but, you know, I'm not discrediting anything he's done for this country, but at the same time, he, he should know better. No, I am praising what he did for the country, but you're right. He should know better. Let me ask you, Zach, uh, being uh, formerly of the military, how do you think most of those in or who have served in the military feel about th- this whole situation? Because I got a feeling that uh, military people are more supportive of the players than the general public might think. I think they are. I mean, I myself am all for it. I mean, we, we fought for those rights for the players to be able to do that. And, you know, to a certain extent, you know, you don't want it to go too far. But at the same time, you know, that's that's why we signed the contract to go and do what we well, do. Well, now, Zach, isn't it ironic? Now it has gone too far, and it's the fault of the commander-in-chief. Right. 
Because seriously, just, whether you like him or don't like him, the one thing that's undeniable, and thank you for the call, Zach, is that Donald Trump pushed all this over the edge. When I heard the sound bites of him at that rally, and, and like I said, he was just trying to elicit a cheap pop from the supporters. That's why he said what he said. They don't hit hard enough in football anymore. Yeah! We should fire those sons of bitches. Yeah! He sounded like Ronnie the limo driver from Howard Stern. I mean, what a dope. But, but he's the guy who pushed it over the edge. Let's go to Brian in New Brighton very quickly. Brian, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Double M, good day. I said good day. Uh, I've In the years of listening to you, I've not heard you say anything truer than in the past 25 minutes. Um, some things I really quick wanted to touch on is that um, like the last caller said, you know, when you play in a sport, you're part of the family, and you need to support your family, and for you to go out on the limb like that is hanging them just out to dry. Well, right. If Villanueva had stayed in the locker room, it would have been seen as neutral, and there would have been no pushback against him, which I'll talk about in just a little bit. But instead, literally, the minute I saw him on camera, I knew he had turned all his teammates into villains. Every single one is now a villain. Um, one perspective I want to... And clearly, Ben that. is very chagrined by that, as you could tell by the statement of his, which I just read. One perspective I want to put on this that I don't hear enough media coverage on, and, and that it just amazes me, is that the whole pregame ceremony, as patriotism is and in, in the, the, how it wants to be spun, but our military and our government pays for those. It's funded by. Well, the that, that's one thing I would like to see. You're not not every time, but uh, I would like to see the NFL disassociate itself from government funding for military displays of games. After the way this has gone down between Trump and his government and the NFL, the NFL really needs to cut the cord. Absolutely, cost them a few bucks. So what? The NFL could scrounge up a little dignity by doing that, which is more than the president can lay claim to. Up next, we talk football, actual football. You, you know what? I love Matt, and he is sick to death about all this non-football talk because he's a real football guy. So up next, we talk football, I promise, with our football guru, Matt Williamson, 105.9. And now, the super genius, Mark Madden. This is Mark Madden. It is. A double M, big fan. I think there's a better chance of me and Selena Gomez being parents to triplets. The X at 105.9. Couple quick notes before we get to our guest. Uh, ben Roethlisberger and Cam Hayward are talking to the media right now. Ben said, "From now on, the Steelers will be on the field for the national anthem starting Sunday in Baltimore." So we'll see how that goes. Can't wait. And Cam Hayward said that Villanueva told him, "Quote: He was shocked by the picture. He never wants to feel like the outsider or center of attention." Unquote. If Alejandro Villanueva were standing right here in front of me, I'd say, "Big Al, that is absolute horse manure." You're a liabetic. What? You stood outside the tunnel in front of a camera with your teammates back in the tunnel, and you're surprised you got attention? You, sir, are a liabetic. He gets phonier in my eyes by the second. Joining me now to talk actual football, he is our football guru. We welcome Matt Williamson. Matt, why did that cutback play work over and over for the Bears running game? Jordan Howard looked like Walter Payton. Yeah, and he deserves a ton of credit. I thought he played a phenomenal game despite only playing with one arm, bad shoulder, kept going out. Um, I mean, he, he kind of came from nowhere. People don't know who he is, but he was phenomenal last year as I think the third leading rusher in the league, hardly played the first two games. 
he is a premier zone running back, and they just kept running outside zone and outside zone, and it's a huge problem. I mean, he deserves a lot of credit. There's no doubt about it. But it wasn't like – I had someone on Twitter ask me today, he's like, the Steelers need to go get in a Casey Hampton. They're getting blown off the ball. Like, no, that's not what's happening. They're getting stretched out left and right, and they're losing their lanes, and they're not staying disciplined, and a guy like Howard eats that up, and you mix it with bad tackling, and it ends up in a day like this. That's I'm not excusing it at all. I mean, to lose a game to an offense where the re- wide receivers combined for one catch for nine yards, and they only had one way of doing damage to you, and we all knew this a week ago, you know, the only way that they can hurt you is with running the ball, that's unexcusable. And there's a lot of people to blame, um, but it's not Javon Hargrave's fault. You know, they're not getting just pushed around. Oh, I agree. I thought Hargrave actually had a half-decent game. I don't think it's a matter of uh, lacking a Casey Hampton type. In fact, I think Hargrave comes pretty close. I thought the Steelers over-pursued a lot, Matt. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I saw a lot of that between Hayward and especially Shazier. And that's who Shazier is. And I hope we don't have to just say that's who the guy is, you know, because there's a lot of good that comes with it, a lot of extreme athleticism, a lot of big plays. And it's, you know, often the case when he misses a tackle, it's two yards deep in the behind the line of scrimmage, and somebody cleans it up for him. You know, he changes the course of the play. But he still is not disciplined enough, you know, over-pursuit, missing tackles. Um, when he did miss them, they didn't have somebody that cleaned it up. I thought Burns was particularly bad. You know, he, I think he's developed into – a great cover corner. I mean, he's really gotten better in that regard, but he gets lost in the run game. I mean, oh, he I missed a expect. ton of tackles, didn't he? Oh, yeah. And I think every team going forward is going to run his direction. Uh, I didn't think Sean Davis played well. You mentioned Shazier. I didn't think Williams played all that well. Um, but Howard deserves some credit, too. He's a good player. But, man, I mean, when you know that's all they can do, that's unexcusable. Well, I think there's a lot of depressing angles from this game. Uh, from the Steelers' perspective, Matt, overtime might have been the worst. Four plays, 76 yards, all on the ground, and really the Bears scored twice. I mean, it was a good call, you know, because his uh, foot did hit the sideline, but they had one long touchdown run. It got brought back a little bit, so they said, no problem. We'll do it again. It was that easy. It was, and there was an egregious holding call that wasn't... That's true, that's true. It was, you know, and if if the, the flag comes out, then all of a sudden it's first and 20, and they're going to punt because they can't. That, that offense can't operate that way. But like you said, I mean, the Cohen play where he narrowly went out of bounds wasn't a great play by the Steelers. They didn't force him out of bounds. He just happened to hit some of the white. So, yeah, they ran pretty effortlessly on three really nice runs. Um, no, I mean, that's certainly disconcerting. There's no doubt about it. I mean, especially when you look at what they can do. I mean, uh, the only thing, you know, you have to game plan going into that game saying if they beat us through the air, wonderful. Like, remember when they played Tim Tebow and Tebow happened to complete 11 passes against fan coverage? Well, if he happens to do that, great, but don't let them run. Well, they let him run. Let's talk about some other key moments in the game, Matt. Right off the bat, Martavis Bryant drops a long pass and then Rodgers fumbles a punt. I had a feeling right then and there it might be a bad day. Yeah, and I've watched that Martavis drop several times. He was wide open, 
And I blame Roethlisberger 50% for that. I mean, Martavis probably should have caught it. It went off his fingertips. But, you know, he's so wide open that Ben needs to put a little bit more air under it, too, because there's a lot of room for air. So I blame both of them. And I absolutely believe that if the first play of the game, if they hit an 80-yarder, this game probably isn't close. You know, you take the wind right out of their sails immediately. And there was three or four of them. You know, the drop punt, obviously the insane play at the end of the half. There were things like Chicago fumbled five times, but they recovered four of them. You know, just like, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that, that probably wouldn't happen again. There was some perfect storm here for sure, but there were some things that you look at and say, that's unacceptable, you know, stopping the outside zone. The offense in general, I mean, besides Antonio Brown, who on that offense can you say is playing as well as they possibly can? Well, we'll, no get, to the, we'll get to the offense yeah. in just a second, but uh, another big play. People will remember that Cooper didn't score on that block field goal to end the first half. We'll see that replay now forever, Matt. But just as important, in that exchange, the Bears got a field goal and the Steelers didn't, and that's the game right there. It is, and it could have been a 10-point swing, should have been a 10-point swing, and, you know, like, I certainly don't blame Barry for knocking it out of the end zone, but when the ball, that was the worst-case scenario, after the point where the goofball doesn't score. I mean, whenever the ball gets stripped at the one, if the Steelers land on it, it's a touchback. If the Bears land on it, it's the Bears' ball at the one-yard line with zero time on the clock, because you can't advance the fumble in that situation. So the worst-case scenario happened after the best-case scenario happened whenever he didn't cross the goal line like a goof. Um, so it was odd. I mean, obviously that was a strange turn of events. And there were five or six massive plays in this game, that being one of them. And I would say maybe one of them went to Steelers' way. Uh, you know what else was big? Wilcox gets that pick at the Chicago 21, and the Steelers settle for a field goal for a tie instead of the lead, and the three plays they ran, Matt, they were absolutely impotent. Yeah, they looked totally dysfunctional at that point. Um, and then also, there was the fumble that if Wilcox scoops it, he probably scores, or if he just falls on it, the game's probably over, and it takes a little bit of a bad bounce, and he doesn't get it. You know, like, a couple of those things like that, they just uh, didn't go their way. But that's not an excuse. You know, they should go in there and beat the Bears nine out of ten times. We're talking to Matt Williamson, our football guru. He's brought you by 84 Lumber, your hometown building partner since 1956. Now, let's get back to that offense, Matt. What is wrong with the Steeler offense? The only one doing much is Antonio Brown, and that's pretty impressive given that Ben hasn't been very sharp. I think Ben's been average at best. I mean, I I feel like, he deserves more more blame than I think Steeler Nation will probably throw his way. Um, the three games in a row now where he's been at least as much of a liability has, as he has been an asset. But like I said, you know, except for Brown, nobody's played to their potential. Bryant still looks like he's working his way back, which I guess is accept- you know understandable. Drops are still a problem for him. Bell looks good, you know, uh, and I think that Bell is about to put up numbers that he should because he's moving really well. Um, There's a holding call or two where he would have had a 10 or 20 yard run that came back and the hold didn't directly open a hole for him. Um, But I do think that they need to take a step back and examine who they are as an offense and who their quarterback is now 
he's not the same guy from three years ago, and you can't just keep forcing the ball down the field. You've got to establish a running game. I'm not saying they need to be the Bears, but they need to play within themselves a little bit more and just don't think, hey, we got more talent than these guys. We'll hit big play after big play. Le'Veon Bell used to be so nimble uh, getting to the hole. Is that hole not there now? Is it the line? Is it Bell? Because so far he looks very ordinary. And I get part of that is that he missed camp, but that can't be everything, can it? No, because I think he's moving well. I mean, I think that he has a good burst. You know, the one thing that I'm not sure about, because he's so unique, it's a hard thing for me to judge, is because he's very timing-related, that stop, stop, start, go. And if he is a fraction of a second late or early with his timing of when to expose a defense and when to hit that hole, especially if that hole's only open for a split second, then I think that could be the difference in a three-yard gain or a 12-yard gain, you know, and he's been so good at that that I think he'll get better in that regard. I'm more worried about him, and I'm not even worried, but I think he's been more problematic in the passing game than he has been as a runner, and I just don't think that he's bursted off the chunk yardage, and I just think that'll come. To me, the most shocking thing might be how bad the offensive line is, Matt. The holes aren't there, and Ben's been under a lot of pressure. He has, and it seems like it's coming at all the wrong times, too. You know, that this is a big third down, and, oh, they blew a block. Um, I do think that Gilbert's loss was probably bigger than anyone realized. Like, if you look at the right tackles around the league, he's in the top two or three, and that's most people have a Hubbard-like right tackle, and that makes things tough because then a Villanueva gets exposed. You know, you can't help both ends. Um but you're right. I mean, I looked this off. You asked me this a couple months ago, who's the best offensive line in the league, and I said the Steelers. They certainly have not played that way, especially in the run game this year. How do the Steelers fix it? That was a very frustrated group on offense after the game, Matt, and for a whole lot of reasons. Yeah, I think you need to, you know, it needs to go through Bell. It, to me, it seems like it's going more through Ben. I think Ben needs reeled in that yeah, I see you got Martavis one-on-one, but you don't have to take that shot every time. And a good friend of mine actually just mentioned this to me, and I think it was a really, really good point, was for the last year or two, in third and short situations, let's just decrease the level of difficulty. You know, it, it, we don't have to go five wide on third and one. Oh, you know, oh I, I think Haley tries way too hard in situations like that. Yeah, and I'm not a big proponent of Monday ever calling out play calling, so I think that's an easy way of, and I think that's kind of cheating. Um, but that is a problem. And I don't know if it's Haley or if it's Ben necessarily, too, because if you get a look, Ben can adapt, you know, change things at the line of scrimmage, put everybody wide. Um, I, I think you need to get a little more simple on, you know, con- very convertible situations. Can they bounce back at Baltimore? Because now they're staring... Two and two right in the face. It's going to be a tough game at Baltimore. They had a chance to really get up on the Ravens if they would have gone to Baltimore and won after winning at Chicago. And now it seems like they're not only out of momentum, but you know they're facing... I know Baltimore got killed, but it still seems like the wrong team at the wrong place at the wrong time. Maybe. And if, if the Steelers squeak that win out or something goes different in overtime, we're all talking about how the rest of the division lost and it's already wrapped up and... And basically, it kind of would be. And as bad, I mean, I hear what you're saying, Mark, but man, Baltimore was 
so bad. Oh, my I mean, God, 44-7. 44-7. If the Steelers and fell apart, Baltimore fell apart worse. Much worse. And the offense has given me great pause to begin with, and now they lost their best lineman. Flacco looks like a shell of himself. They had like nine yards before their last drive. You know, I mean, nine yards. And Jacksonville D is good, but um, Baltimore was kind of a paper champion anyways where I think their defense is really good, and that didn't show up. But they've not, they haven't had to ask a thing out of their offense. Um, I don't think that they're good. <laughs> you know, they look like a six-win team to me. And finally, Matt, the obligatory question, what's your take on all the anthem stuff and how the Steelers handled it? Well, what I was told, and I just left the station, and I talked to a bunch of people that were there, was they had a big team meeting the night before, and they decided that we don't want to look divided as a team, so we're not going to go out there as a team. And apparently, somebody didn't know told me, we've decided not to go out. Alejandro, you can do whatever you want because you're different than this. You're See, I, I was told he was not granted an exemption, but, but go ahead. Okay. And my response was, well, if he wasn't granted an exception, then to me, he said, hey, I'm, I love you guys as teammates, but I love my flag better. I hope you respect that. And maybe I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt, and I know you've been hard on him, and I get that. But if I'm Ryan Shazier or David DeCastro, I'm cool with that. You know? And, yeah, he went out, and, but he was on the sideline by himself. Ben and Hayward were... Ten feet behind them, they just weren't in the camera view. Yeah, but, but, but here's the problem, Matt. If they all stay in the tunnel and Villanueva goes out there, it villainizes the guys who stay in the tunnel. And that's why I know they didn't grant Villanueva the exemption because there's no way they'd be dumb enough to think it would play out any other way if Villanueva goes out there by himself. Possibly, but I guess my response is, do you really think the 52 other guys held it against them or you know, had a problem with it. Or, I know some are right now. Really? I mean, yeah. or, hey, Big Al, you were wrong. You shouldn't have done that. You should have been. Well, sure at least, it, like, I was told he went rogue, man, and just did it, on, not mm-hmm. not spur of the moment, but, I mean, look how it looked. My God, did it look accidental to you, which is what they're claiming, but that was no oh, accident. It definitely wasn't accidental. I don't buy, buy that at all. I mean, and if I'm him, I'm fine with him doing it. I mean, he has a lot of reason to go respect the flag. He's been three tours and all those things. I just don't know why would the rest of the team care that much. Well, I don't know why anybody cares that much about this in the first place, but, <laughs> right. but but honestly, that's the world we live in. Matt, great stuff as always. We'll talk next week. All right, bud. Take care. That's Matt Williamson. Uh, this from Mark Cabali. Uh, ben said that Villanueva wasn't supposed to be left out front like he did. The rest of the team got separated. Then the anthem started playing. Liar! You're lying! You're liabetics. You're suffering from liabetes. Did that look like an accident to you? Come on. Alejandro, you sneaky son of a... Well, I won't use the Trump word, but son of a gun. You're a sneaky son of a gun. And and don't get me wrong. If Ben and Cam are lying, and they are lying, they're lying for all the best reasons. But you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube now. And the reason they're coming out next week going to be out for the anthem... They can't have a repeat of this. And I honestly believe if Villanueva said he was going to go out there, they all would have gone out there. Because like I said, for anyone to think that for everyone to stay in the tunnel but one guy, for anyone to think that that wouldn't make a hero out of that one guy and villainize everybody else, 
you'd have to be an absolute moron. And the two guys talking today, Ben and Cam, they're pretty smart dudes. They're not morons. And there's a lot of other smart guys on that team. There is no way they would possibly think that the way it turned out would be any way but disastrous, which is further proof they didn't know what Villanueva was going to do. And I'm telling you, there's no way he got an exemption. I've been told that by too many people. There's no way he got an exemption. 105.9. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Hey, Mark. I'm super excited to be calling you right now. He's brittle. He's a mind. He's not an R. He's a brain. He's not a body. The X at 105.9. Double M on the X. Here's some more real talk on the Villanueva thing. I keep hearing the Villanueva can do whatever he wants. Yep, he can. Just like Colin Kaepernick. Just like anybody else who wants to take whatever stand. See, the the Patriots, they're not really Patriots. They're, uh, they're practicing radical nationalism. My country, love it or leave it. Don't forget, it's it's everybody's country. Not just flag-waving yahoos. And uh, Villanueva should have stayed in the tunnel with the rest of the Steelers. If he had, the whole thing would have been a little footnote. People would have understood it was a team thing, and Villanueva would not have been villainized. But he got on camera. Now he's a hero with big-time jersey sales all of a sudden. And that makes me very cynical. Qui bono. Who gains? Villanueva made his teammates into the bad guys, but he gained. Some people think the Steelers should have all been on the field, and they will be next week. Ben Roethlisberger said that moments ago. If they had been on the field, you might not have liked what you saw. You won't like what you see at Baltimore. I can guarantee that. A lot of Steelers were and are going to demonstrate. I'm not sure how, but that was and is going to happen. Trump not only called football players sons of bitches, he said they're making the game soft, taking out the hitting. Why the frig does Trump need to comment on that? Why can't he act like a president and not an ass for just 30 seconds? Here's something that the Trumpites are going to laugh at. And, and like, I gave this guy the benefit of the doubt for so long, and I'm still not positive he's a bad president in terms of what he's done in office, but he's an absolute maniac a horse's ass. Every single word that tumbles out of his mouth is BS. And the NFL is bigger than Trump. In the long run, he's going to be sorry he tangled with the NFL. Again, all the uh, Ben and Cam, Roethlisberger and Hayward, say that where Villanueva ended up on camera with the Steelers behind him was an accident. Anybody really dumb enough to believe that? Don't get me wrong. They're lying. It's a good lie. I get why they're lying, but they're definitely lying. 105.9 The X.